Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know, our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options and their great selection of the best tires like the highly consumer rated Yokohama Avid Ascend LX. But did you know they sell other automotive products, wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few? Everything you need to elevate your drive, simply go to TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com. It's the way tire buying should be. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Boom! Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you live and direct from the City of Angels. Brought to you by True Car. You can find out what other people in your area pay for the same car you're looking for. And on average, save 3000 off MSRP whether you're looking for a new or used car. Visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in. Got the, quite the show for you. Got a lot of football to talk about today, including the Redskins' former GM throwing some shade at the quarterback uh, whom uh, he uh, offered a contract to, but not a big enough contract to, to lock him into a long-term deal. Scott McLuhan has spoken out about uh, the the talent and upside and ceiling of Kirk Cousins. You will want to listen. Plus, um, kind of interesting what Bill Polian has said about the future of the New England Patriots and Tom Brady and how they might not actually coincide. Uh, that and uh, to this point, the president has not fired anybody ahead at, at the top of any uh, government field, but it's only nude on the West Coast, so stay tuned. Man, we got a lot to get to. Last night, hoops. And we finally got good hoops. You've been waiting, you've been waiting, you've been waiting. And we told you that the series that would most likely produce a good Game 6 and Game 7 produced a really interesting Game 5. Feels like a missed opportunity for the Houston Rockets. Uh, and feels like the things that we, the things that we undervalue with the NBA. 
Like you'll hear people who are either a sports radio guy who really are kind of fanboys. They'll say like, well, you know, coaching doesn't really matter. Yes, it actually really does. They'll say nobody plays defense. Yes, they actually really, really do. Conditioning, confidence, these things are all important. And they are, and, and frankly, toughness. And, and toughness is, it's like the famous definition of pornography. I can't necessarily define it, but I know it when I see it. And I saw it from the Spurs. I saw Greg Popovich sit his best player at an important time. And I saw Manu Ginobili once again come up big, whether it's getting buckets or forcing fouls or getting drives, the big dunk, and, of course, the big block shot. Manu Ginobili showed why, by my estimation, I don't know if he's the best international player of all time, right? The best international players in NBA history are probably Akeem Olajuwon and then Dirk Nowitzki, right? Like, in terms of overall talent. But the last time I checked, this is just me, we keep score for a reason, right? Like, I understand that the scoreboard doesn't always tell the story. But it sure does tell uh, a good amount of those stories. Like, if you look back on Michael Jackson's career, are you guys Michael Jackson fans? And it's, Michael Jackson's an interesting career because... I'm hard-pressed to find anybody who's a child of the 80s like I was that didn't like Michael Jackson. Now, the stuff that came out at the end of his life and post and and postmortem, um, if true, is revolting. But for whatever reason, most of us were able to separate it, right? We're able to separate Michael Jackson, the artist, and Michael Jackson, the person, and what he has many times been over, been alleged to have done, Correct. But let's just talk about Michael Jackson, the artist. When Quincy Jones was his producer, his albums were insanely good. When Quincy Jones wasn't his producer, his albums were hit or miss. Right? I mean, like, look, Quincy Jones, 84 years old, if you look at the people whom he's touched, they've almost all won when he's been involved with their records. Right? There's something to, hey, every time that guy's around, it's, I'm a big John Hughes movie guy. You guys know who John Hughes is? Uh, all right, think back. If you're a little bit older than Ryan Music, if you're Ramos's age and you're my age, and I start naming off Breakfast Club, I start naming off Ferris Bueller's Day Off, 16 Candles, Weird Science. Wait, 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 there's more. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Uncle Buck, you know, all those Chicago-based movies. But then I kind of go on, Home Alone, Home Alone 2, Beethoven. Like, you keep, all of those are John Hughes movies. And, like, what, what is the connective tissue with them is they're all John Hughes movies. I bring it up because there's something to this Manu Ginobili guy. Did he bring the flamboyant sort of flopping of Argentinian soccer to the United States? You could make the argument, sure. And we might not be the better because of it. But this dude has the Midas touch. By my estimation, he might not be the best, but let's uh, let's correctly contextualize. He has been the most successful. He has been the most influential European basketball player, foreign, he's not European, but uh, international basketball player, 
in the history of the NBA. The history of the NBA. And by the way, let's take away the NBA. Let's just say he's been the most influential. Let's like take two. Manu Ginobili is the most influential international basketball player, non-American-born basketball player in the history of the game. Period. Stop. And before you say, well, what has he actually done? How, how, I, hold on now. Early in his life, he won two European championships playing in Italy. He led the Argentinian national team to a world championship, which was, by the way, on our soil in Indianapolis. Then he won a gold medal. Go back and look historically at Argentina and try and find some place in which they were competitive ever internationally before Mono Ginobili and his his countrymen came of age. You cannot find it. And then you fast forward to the San Antonio Spurs, who during this run with Greg Popovich have won five titles. He's been a part of four of them. And when you track their successful runs, almost all of them coincide with Manu Ginobili being healthy. Almost all of the collapses have to do with Manu Ginobili not being healthy. Like, is Dirk a better scorer? Of course he is. Dirk was the MVP. But it's important to note Dirk Nowitzki's Dallas Mavericks team. Whatever you want to say about his supporting cast, like, he has more first-round losses as a superstar player than he does first-round wins. First round. Okay, I'm not setting the bar at NBA Finals or NBA uh, Western Conference Championships first-round losses. And you could say Akeem Olajuwon, who won two titles, uh, one the year Jordan was out, the other the year Jordan came back midseason and he wasn't sharp and they lost the Orlando Magic. Like, I think Akeem's great. He's the best low-post score we've had in the past 30 years. And he started out as a guy who had no post moves to being kind of the definitive, that guy can score in the post in a myriad of ways. The athleticism, he was like a lift down there. He's great. But you know what he didn't do? He didn't win as much as, as Manu Ginobili. And between Ginobili, and he's right now at this point in his career, 39 years old, he's, he's like there's a Toby Keith song. Now, when I say Toby Keith, like a lot of you are like, oh, God, country music. Hold on. Hold on. Take a listen to this Toby Keith song. Wait, wait for it now. That's right. Right, everybody says that, right? Should have seen my dick. Well, well, that's a little uncomfortable. See, I ain't as good as I, I ain't as good as I once was, but I'm as good once as I ever was. And don't take my word for it. Listen to Mike D'Antoni and what he said. He's the coach of the Rockets and what he said about Manu after the game. Well, I figured that uh, Manu at least have one or two good games, and uh, you know, you knew that was going to happen. Um, that's why he's a champion. He's great. He's been great his whole life, everywhere in Europe, and then over here. He's great. He's been great. You're like, well, he didn't start. He's been all third team All NBA twice. Did you know this? That Hall of Famer Reggie Miller was only third team All NBA once. That's it. Like, do you know how good he is? He is a transformative player. The position that Manu Ginobili plays is point forward. One, two, three, could play the four. Did he bring flopping to the NBA? Sure. Did he bring versatility to the NBA? Absolutely. He's also one of those guys that he's going left. 
and there's nothing you can do about it. But he's like Quincy Jones. He's like John Hughes. You go back in track, and everything this guy brushed up against somehow was successful. And that has a value. And while you can tell me Dirk Nowitzki is a better scorer, he is. He's a great player. I'm not trying to take shots at Dirk Nowitzki, nor am I trying to take shots at Akeem Olajuwon. But the last time I checked, the reason we keep score is determine who wins and who loses. Like, why did we play the game? We get so caught up in points per game and assists per game. Like, here's all that really matters. Who actually won the game? And this guy's team wins more than they lose. Wins important game. He's in at the end of the game. He's influencing at both ends that portion of the game. What you saw last night was just a snippet of a Hall of Fame career. And by my estimation, the most influential, the best all-around non-American-born player in the history of basketball. And like so many guys when they get to the late 30s, he ain't as good as he once was, but he's as good once as he ever was. All right, uh, we got a lot to get to, man. Um, The NBA has clearly changed, right? It's changed. It's evolved. The death of the big man. One such big man was the number one overall pick. I want to talk to Kwame Brown about the pressure of being the number one overall pick. Also about the evolution of what big men do now as opposed to when he entered the NBA. And what was it like when he first got the call from Michael Jordan to get up and get to the gym? Well, that's the former number one overall pick, Kwame Brown, who joins us next on the Doug Gottlieb Show. When things come out of left field, having a game plan matters. Farmers Insurance has over 89 years of experience helping people play through every stage of the game. We've seen almost everything, so we know how to cover almost anything. Visit Farmers.com. All right, it's the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Back in the 2001 draft... Uh, He was the number one overall pick ahead of Tyson Chandler, who came right out of high school as he did ahead of Pau Gasol. Of course, Eddie Curry, Jason Richardson, Shane Battier, Eddie Griffin, Desanya Jopp as well. That's as your there's your top Uh, Rodney White and Joe Johnson. Joe Buckets was 10th in that draft. He's Kwame Brown. He's kind of to spend some time with us here on Fox Sports Radio. Kwame, how are you? I'm I'm blessed. How are you doing? Good, man. So you're playing in the in the big three, playing a little three on three hoop. Absolutely. All right. So, um, what, what's this like for you to be somebody who uh, was a number one overall pick, went through the ups and downs of the NBA, and now kind of putting yourself back on center stage and playing three on three basketball? And and for people who don't know, the big three, which will be on Fox Sports One, it's going to be kind of like theater in the round. Like there's going to be people. It's going to be a cool setup. What's this like for you? Well, I guess sir, if you call the NBA up and down, it was never a down for me. Uh, on the court-wise, it may have been a little frustrating, but uh, coming from my background and where I came from, uh, every day in the NBA is about trust me. No, I look, that's a great pers- It's a great perspective to have. If you were to characterize your NBA career, what, how, how would you characterize it? I would characterize it as a bunch of people uh, putting labels on somebody who never asked for those labels. Um, all I did was pursue my dream, and I, I reached a goal that – most kids from the inner city only dream about. And I persevered through homeless shelters and doing anything I can do to get there only to be labeled, you know, as Michael Jordan's pick. And that's the whole thing that follows me 
they don't, they, the reason why they say I can't play basketball is all based on this pick and who picked me. Uh, I've been on several different teams, and people go away. I was down in Charlotte when I was healthy, double-double in two quarters. No reporter reported on it. Nobody said anything. But then when I go to the Lakers, I need a shoulder surgery and I need an ankle surgery. And I go out there and I can't dunk a basketball. And it's all over YouTube. Right. <laughs> so, uh, it's interesting, but me, I've always kept the personality that if Mitch Kupchak brings me into a room and says, hey, look, we pay you $8 million, all we need you to do is play decent, then you better damn well understand that I'm going to play decent. And I've never been a guy who cared about numbers, so... I went out there on one leg and one shoulder, and I did my job. You know, it's 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 interesting because I talked to the Cleveland people, and they and you know, obviously like Anthony Bennett, like you had a much better career than like an Anthony Bennett who uh, was out of the league at the end of this year. Like your your third year, you average eleven a game, eight rebounds a game in in Washington, playing nearly the entire season. But but what happens is I don't know if it's as much Michael Jordan's pick as much as it's the number one overall pick, right? Like if Greg Oden goes two or three. It's not that big a deal that his body let him down, but his body let him down. If you go, you know, two, three, or four, it your body lets you down. You you break down, so your career's not as long. It's not as big a story. Does it? Isn't it more about being the number one overall pick than it is about anything else? Listen, I'm a competitor, and you know you don't get the ball very much when you play on a team with Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant and Gilbert Arenas and Larry Hughes and Antoine Jameson and all these scores that I played with, but. You do that draft all over again and erase everybody's mind about who did what after the fact in hindsight, I would be the number one pick all over again. And so when you the skill set of a six eleven guy who can bring the ball up the floor, the Peach Jam, the tournaments that I've been in, the Peach Jam, the round ball classic, those wasn't mistakes. <laughs> you see a six eleven guy doing whatever he wants to do on the floor, you know, nobody talks about that. Doug Collins introduced me to the dunker and that's where I stayed and that's where I did my job. And I turned myself into a defender and a rebounder. And I lasted 12 years doing something that I was asked to do. Yeah, so, but trust me, if I had to do it all over again, I'd be the number one pick again. Kwame Brown joining us. She's getting ready for the Big Three. That's the three on, uh, Big Three is a professional three-on-three basketball league highlighted with the biggest basketball superstars. You can go to Ticketmaster.com. Uh, Ice Cube, obviously, is uh, one of the fo- founders of this league. Um, the, the first... The first uh, event is going to be in Brooklyn, New York. I guess the question becomes, how much do you have in the tank? Your body has gone through a lot, right? You mentioned the surgeries. You mentioned the pounding of being in the league, of playing inside in a man's game. How much do you have left in the tank? Because this is what we're told is it, it's, going to be not, it's going to be very loosely officiated, very physical brand of basketball. Can your body stand up to the, to the toll? I think I'm going to surprise a lot of people. I think a lot of people jumped on a bandwagon of things that they heard and not seen. Um, they don't realize the quickness that I have. They don't realize the skill set that I have with the ball. Um, when I was in Charlotte, nobody saw the games. And, you know, that, that season you talk about in Washington, where I was third of the month, and, you know, I played against Chris Welber and uh, Jermaine O'Neal a couple games and had a couple monster games against them. Those games they buried. So, I think now it'll be a chance for some of the fans who just jumped on the bandwagon because, you know, when a legend like Michael Jordan says that you can't play and this, or what, I've never heard him say that, but when he talk about the hands and all these things, and people jump on the bandwagon and just go with the flow. Most media outlets, they don't know anything about Kwame Brown, never saw me play in high school, but because someone else said it, they just jump on the bandwagon and be negative. But uh, you can't get to the level that I've gotten to not knowing how to play. 
you can definitely allow people to make you lose your confidence and whatever else. Yep. But you definitely, uh, no basketball player in the NBA does not know how to play. You put them up against the average person, you'll kill them. So, but we're not talking about the average person. We're talking about NBA players. So, no, no, no. Listen, listen. I, it's funny. I, I had breakfast this morning with a couple of basketball guys, and of course, I was. I never made it. I, I played internationally. I was in summer leagues. I never made it. And we were talking about Clay Thompson's brother. He has one brother that plays for the Dodgers, but another brother who played at Pepperdine and had a cup of coffee in the NBA. And the guys were like, oh, well, he can't play. I was like, oh, hold on, dude. He played right. in the NBA. There's 450 dudes who played in the NBA this year. Okay, 450. That's that's how many NBA players. Like, there's 500,000 kids who play high school basketball. Like, don't tell me you can't play. I, I, right. I had the exact same exact same response. Um what, what? I would just like for people to go back and just if you just look and don't just join the numbers. Like, if my first year I averaged what seven or eight minutes a game, five point five points. That those are those are not numbers of a number one draft pick, but those are not minutes of a number one draft pick either. And so every time that I'm allowed to play thirty minutes or twenty eight minutes, just I wish somebody would just do their job and just break down what I scored in those minutes. Because it's it's on the same level as uh, a double double or close to a double double as any other solid player in the league, and that's what people don't do. And that's how I lasted so long. My agent would go get the numbers and compare it to players who play thirty minutes, and it's right on pace with the numbers of a starting center. But well, when you play a guy five or six minutes, what do you think somebody's going to get done? Well, it's it's impossible. Like any anybody with anybody with a brain understands that. Okay, so a uh, couple things here. Um, Let's start with the one-and-done rule. When you were coming out, you come straight out of high school. Obviously, you had a tough upbringing, and so I don't know what your perspective on it is. To, to you, what's the perfect rule? Should players be made to have to go to college for a year, to have to go to college for two years? Or did you do you like the idea of going straight from high school to the pros? Listen, we all know we can sugarcoat it. We can pretend like those players that go to college for four and a half months or five months just to get through the basketball season – we can pretend like they're more mature than I am. We can pretend like it's not about the university getting these athletic All-American $10 million or $5 million a year for having that All-American. We can pretend. And if you want me to, I'll pretend with you. But a kid that goes on to a college for one year, you're actually hurting that kid, really. You're hurting the rest of the kids because somebody else could have got that scholarship and could have gone on and gotten an education. You know this guy is not going to – I'll tell you when they'll change the rule back. If these top players start going to HBCUs, I guarantee you they'll say, oh, let them come out of high school. Because and I think that's why some of the bad-mouthing and the, the, the rhetoric that they have with me, they try to make me the poster child on why not to come out. But I own two or three buildings. I own seven or eight homes that I that I rent out or I sell. So to act like I'm some uh, story that you should belittle or bash, like, that's ridiculous. So to stop free enterprise and stop people from going out and being gainfully employed, tell me why the soccer player gets to go. Tell me why the baseball player gets to go. Uh, you know, if you could, if you could go back and change one thing about Absolutely your. Not. Oh no 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 wait wait, wait. You're, you're, let me let me finish real quick. Kwame Brown joining us, part of the big three, the big three on three professional league, getting ready to start this summer. Started up by Ice Cube. So many former NBA stars either coaching or playing like Kwame is in this league. If you could go back to your rookie or second year and and tell Kwame then something Kwame now knows, what would it be? I would beg to be traded away from Doug Collins. Why? Doug Collins is – you can actually time Collins. If Grant Hill don't like you, then something's wrong. 
Grant Hill is one of the greatest guys in the world. And I think everybody that plays for him, that says every, all the right things, because it affects them. And Doug is a very important guy in basketball. He has a great basketball mind. Don't don't get me wrong. But the mind games that he plays, you'll be in the same room. He's talking about you and try to get another guy to go against you. You know, 19, 24, 35, nobody wants to be played with. And these are this is a livelihood that this guy plays with. He's just a micromanager, and he's just not a very good coach when it comes to that aspect. If you want him to drop up a play and X's and O's, is he a basketball mind? Sure. But does he relate to his players that's coming from the African-American community? Absolutely not. And I'm I'm just – it's not going to affect me to say that now, but if you can ask some of those players and they'll speak from the heart and they'll be honest, I'll tell you what, go grab Eton Thomas. He'll definitely tell you. I've I trust me, dude. I've I've heard it, and it's interesting how many stops. You know, like look, Jordan. The second he left, Jordan started winning, and of course, we we know how it ended. So many other places. He is a fabulous basketball mind, but there are other parts to coaching men in the NBA. All right, so, uh, so who is who is uh, Kwame? Um, Rashard Lewis is your captain. Jason Williams is your co-captain. Mahmoud Abdurraouf, like that dude, can still get buckets. Gary Payton's your coach. So, like, have you guys started practicing together? You guys started working out? Like, it's three-on-three. I'm just wondering, like, is it just all pick and roll? Are you going to get to post up? Like, what's it going to be like? Well, three-on-three is, uh, you know, usually it's a smash-mouth type of basketball. Usually we we do what's called picking a scab. If you're a little guy, you go into the block. Yeah. Three-on-three, you got to be able to hold your own. So that's why a lot of guys, they didn't even draft point guards. They just draft big, strong guys, and they're just going to probably take them to the block. Uh, kick and roll is interesting in three-on-three. Uh, it would be ideal if everybody could switch. And if you can have a big that's athletic that keeps in front of the guard, that would be the ideal situation. Once you start switching and showing them on the pick and roll, you got dunks all over the place. Uh, what are your, last thing, what are your thoughts on the evolution uh, or maybe de-evolution of big guys in the NBA? You know, be, because it's so physical in the NBA game in the low post and because – they don't. They call all the fouls out in the perimeter. Everybody's playing four out, one in, or you know, pick and roll and keep the lane open. Some teams even playing like the Cavs will play five out at times with Channing Fry uh, floating, shooting threes, and LeBron playing like kind of de facto power forward. Do you like that evolution of the game? I mean, yes and no. Um, I know why I did it. Um, you got if you look at Tony Kukoc when they played Michael Jordan, was it? Uh, um, Olympics or whatever. Yep. Uh, you know, when I watched, they said Tony Kukos was all world. And then when you saw how big and strong Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan went over there and what they did to him, they said, well, wait a minute. we got to change these rules of this game because these players can play physical. So they made size not as important. You know, when I go play pickup ball at a park or on a basketball court, in the NBA, we don't let you walk back and then start playing implement this rule called freedom of movement, which only means uh, we want to see more points because yep. we want fans in the seats. Because if Detroit Pistons were playing great basketball when they won it, but there would be nine to seventy-eight and all that. That's not exciting. We want to see high-flying dunks. We want to see throwers more fast. This is the business of basketball now. You got you got little kids wanting to be Steph Curry and all the other players. So you got to let them be able to play. Kwame, I appreciate you joining us. I really appreciate how candid you were 
uh, in answering all of our questions. Can't wait to see you in the big three with the three-headed monsters, coached by GP, coached by Gary Payton. Thanks for being our guest on Fox Sports Radio. Thanks a lot for having me. All right, that's Kwame Brown, former number one overall pick. No holds barred. If I could go back and tell myself one thing when I was a rookie, get away from Doug Collins. I'll react to that. Plus, will Tom Brady finish his career as the starting quarterback of the Patriots? What's past is precedent and what it tells us about the future. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, quickly on Kwame Brown. Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with him from this perspective. This idea that the one and done is is bad and the kids should come straight. Like, I actually don't believe that. I I do think that that he is a he is forever a success story, right? He has not gone the route of Greg Oden and being kind of down on his luck and going back to Ohio State. Where Greg Oden was a one and done, uh, but as a as a number one overall pick, deemed a bust. But the the likelihood of success is greater. If you get even six months on a college campus, plus the way the NCAA sets it up, you can always go back and get your degree and actually be on the floor as a coach. You don't have to, but you can. It just provides you a safety net if the basketball thing doesn't work out. And I I think there's an emotional maturity that he wasn't able to have when he first joined the Wizards that forever set him back. But it's, it's fascinating what he said about Doug Collins. And this is like, like I get it. I I I understand that that the way the way in which uh, raising kids has changed from when I was a kid was if you got in trouble at school when you were a kid, right? So let's say if you're 35 or older, maybe 30 even or older, you got in trouble. You got in trouble at school. You come home. Your teacher called your parent. Ramos, you got in trouble a lot as a kid, right? You I were, did not. You, Ramos, but you were you were a gangbanger. I was you were not a gangbanger. You were Pyru, right? Pyru, right? Right? <laughs> Weren't you? No, that is not correct. Okay, so did you ever get in trouble in growing up? Sometimes, but you are right. What you're saying is correct. The teacher would call you from the school. I haven't even correct. got to what I'm saying yet. I just I, oh, I, I, but the, you mentioned that. Okay, so the teacher would call. Okay, and when you'd come home and the teacher called and said. Called, called your parents. What's your what's your uh, mom's name? Dad's name? Uh, my father's name was George, and my mother's name is Octavana. Okay, Octavana, Octavana George. I have to tell you that uh, that John was a turd today. Um, he was. He gave me the finger when I wasn't looking. I don't know. He <laughs> he flicked a booger on my chair. He did the thing with the um, with the paper clips and a rubber band where he fired it at the at the chalkboard when I wasn't looking. He did whatever. He got in trouble today. You walk in from school, and Octavana's there, and George is there. What do they do? Are they are they mad at you, or do they like? Let's say the principal calls. What happens when you come home? They are upset at me. Yes. Right. The way it works now, way it works now is you come home, and almost always the parents, though upset with their child, are also upset with the teacher. Like, we don't know how to raise kids anymore because we, as now adults, who we, uh, our parents got called, when they call the parents, like, the parents are like, well, it's got to be the teacher's fault. And this kind of goes into sports where it's always the coach's fault. So I don't want to say that Kwame Brown is 100% right about Doug Collins blaming the coach, but a coach can kill your confidence. A coach can play mind games. A coach, even really good ones, can say, I mean, look, I will stand by this. I know... Darko was never going to be LeBron. But my first NBA draft I ever did, I played against Darko twice when I was in Israel. Darko was part of the NBA draft that had Carmelo. He was taken ahead of Carmelo, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh. 
and LeBron James is the only player taken ahead of him. Dude, Darko could play 6-10, face-up, 4-5. Like, right now, Darko would be a star in this league if he came into this league. But you have to play for the right coach. He was on a veteran Pistons team that was designed to win and win then. Then they bring in Rasheed Wallace, like, midseason. You know, it, it wasn't – there was no D-League, really, to help him grow at the time. I mean, there was a D-League, but it wasn't as developed as it is now. Um, and then they put him in, like, with two minutes to go in the game. He was the ultimate victory cigar. Like, how are you ever going to be good that way? You're not. And it's going to kill your confidence. And confidence is the world's greatest performance enhancer, and lack of confidence can be a performance inhibitor. And so do I think that uh, that the parent is always that the teacher is always to blame or the coach is always to blame? No, but I've heard that about Doug Collins a lot. And I also think you take a high you have to have the perspective. You take a high school kid who has been in homeless shelters, doesn't have the type of support structure, hasn't been in college, doesn't know how to take orders, comes in, he also has the pressure of being the number one overall pick fresh out of high school, selected, hand-selected by Michael Jeffrey Jordan, and you play him for Doug Collins, who does all these things that are really hard for veteran players to put up with, and you're like an 18-year-old kid, it is a recipe for disaster. And so Doug Collins should have a portion of the blame. Not all of it, but a portion of the blame. We'll get to the Patriots thing a little bit later. Uh, What are the chances that Deshaun Watson, the Deshaun Watson, starts for the Texans? We will discuss upcoming next. Doug Gottlieb Show brought to you by True Car. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Go to truecar.com. Do, do, do. You guys having a good day? Every day should be a good day, right? Like, you could be listening to something else about politics or that just stuff's just a mess, right? Uh, about, um, uh, I mean, we haven't really got into, was it Adria? It's Adriana Lima and Ariana Grande, right? I got those. I Sometimes I get the names. Like, I don't want to be the, the dad who walks in and goes, uh, my daughter's Harper. Har- She's actually not into that thing, but. Uh, but the wait, Ariana Grande, we know because she used to be on a young kids like a, a tween, a, a, a preen show, a preteen show with an incredibly annoying voice. Um, and of course, she's blossomed into a flower now and she's older now. Um, but like, I, I don't even I don't even know how I get into the Matt Harvey supposedly got dumped by Adriana Lima and then went out and got hammered because of it. Um, I don't know. Yes, right. Well, technically, it was that he saw that the reports are it's that Harvey saw Adriana Lima out with Julian Edelman. That's what upset him. It wasn't necessarily that he got dumped. It was more of seeing her with another guy. I just I'm not like, but it, was it over already? I, I think. I mean, so. was it I over? So. Were, they, were they like friends with benefits? Were they like ever, when they're in the same when they're in the same town? It's like, over. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't I think part of that's part of why he was upset about it was he. I don't buy. It. He thought I, it I don't was. Buy, a, I don't. I'm sorry. I don't buy. It. <laughs> I just. I don't. I don't buy. Like, look, Matt Harvey goes out and gets hammered. That's who Matt Harvey is. Everybody knows that. And he he, he has a way with the ladies. There is a track record. 
of that. Yeah, kind of weird because he's he's th- he's thrown on some lbs, right? He's thrown on some lbs since he's be- he, since he became the Dark Knight. <laughs> I don't know. Let Let's get to a bunch of other stuff. Let's dig into my sack, shall we? Let's reach into Godlieb's sack. <laughs> Vito loves that. That's his favorite thing that he's ever created on Fox Sports Radio, doesn't isn't it? Doug Gottlieb show live and direct from Los Angeles. Now we bring in the uh, Dan Byer working on uh, first day of marriage, which he forgot his wedding ring. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> One out of two. You, you didn't even make it a week. <laughs> Come on, man. It's all about the process. I even mentioned to you yesterday morning, that's yeah. what worries me because I remember I got to do keys, wallet, and phone and now I've got to add a fourth to it, and uh, today I forgot the ring. So, and, and now I've been told by three people, just keep it on. Just keep it on. Now by four. Yeah, I don't know why, As, you, I don't know why you take it. I don't understand that. Like, I you, don't know. I'm new to this, Doug. Get off my back. I'm not on your back. I just I, I want to know. What's interesting, though, is that you, you noticed because you looked at your hand while you were driving. Yes. Which first means that you have perfect 10 and 2 driving position, <laughs> which I'm pleased by. Second of all, it also tells me you haven't had it on enough because – what happens when you wear it enough, Ramos and I talked about this yesterday, is you just feel it. You feel something. You're like, what am I missing? What sure. am I missing? And you're not yet there. All right. What do you, what's in my sack uh, today? Quickly before I, I say, John Ramos was nodding his head so hard when you were naming the names like Adriana Lima and Ariana Grande. Yeah. Like he was so sure that you were correct. Like, yes, those are correct. You could say John did the Cavaliers win the NBA title last year, and he wouldn't have been as sure as he was of those names that you were asking him. So he, he knows he knows who the uh, the hot ladies are of the business. All right. What are the chances, time? Doug, the NBA says they're looking into an incident involving Celtics guard Isaiah Thomas and a heckling Wizards fan where Thomas allegedly said, and I'm quoting, I will F you up and you know that, end quote. What are the chances <laughs> Isaiah Thomas F- gets penalized guys up? by the NBA for his game three actions? Hey, you could do that one as well. What would be the chances he does that? Um... I'm going to say, what are the chances he gets? Fi- I think he'll. I think he'll get fined. Uh, I hate that. I just hate that people feel like empowered to say whatever they think to you, and you're supposed to be a mute there and not say anything. Obviously, you're not. You shouldn't say, "I'm." I could f you up, and you know that. Because uh, I do think that Isaiah Thomas would like be, when you're five eight, five nine, you play basketball. Like you've gotten in fights. Like one of the things about like six ten, six eleven dudes, those guys have never been in fights because they've always been the largest men in every room. That's why they. Like Shaq can barely box, and all those other big stiffs can't box at all because they've never gotten in fights. Whereas Isaiah Thomas come at you like a spider monkey. He just would, right? Yeah. Right? Like, I would, too. Like, I'd be a spider monkey. I'd just come and, like, whatever, just start swinging, grab a guy. Um, what are the chances he gets fined? Probably, he'll probably get fined five, ten grand or something. Just so he said, like, hey, don't ever do that again. Slap him on the wrist. Yeah, I think so, too. We're going to put it at 100%. How about that? Game five tonight between the Wizards and Celtics is in Boston. On the Wizards train of thing, what are the chances, Doug, the Wizards head back to D.C. for Game 6 on Friday with a 3-2 series lead over Boston? Hmm. They would have to win tonight in Boston. Yes. I think uh, this one holds form. I think home team wins, Boston Celtics win tonight. What are the chances? I'm going to go like 15% chance they have a 3-2 lead after after 5. Let's stick with the NBA because it's been a team that's been making some headlines uh, not playing. Philly.com has reported that Philadelphia native and Villanova product Kyle Lowry has been interested in playing in his hometown. Now, Lowry has said he's going to opt out of his contract to become a free agent this summer. What are the chances that Kyle Lowry plays for the Philadelphia 76ers? If you watch the NBA, you they're a, like you feel like they're a point guard away. Now, Ben Simmons is supposed to play some point, but it's not 
tr- a true point guard. He'd be a point forward. Uh, I think this is to create leverage f- for him to get a bigger deal from Toronto. What are the chances? 25% chance. Um, because he can play off the basketball off of a Simmons. They do need a point guard. They do have a ton of young talent to trade away to get some more veterans. It would make sense. They could be a playoff team. And Toronto said that they need to they need to kind of flip the script a little bit. But I also think there's a stronger likelihood that he makes more money staying in Toronto and re-signs, and this is just to create leverage. I'll say 25% chance he goes back to Philly. Jumping to the National Football League, the Houston Chronicles' John McClain reports that McClain! Tom, Tom Savage will be the week one starting quarterback for the Texans and that there was no competition in training camp for that starting quarterback job. So we know the Texans traded up to, to get Deshaun Watson. What are the chances Deshaun Watson starts a game at quarterback this year for the Houston Texans? A game? Singular A? Yes. 95% chance. I don't think he starts week one. I I'm not as smitten with Deshaun Watson as everybody else is. Like, there's a reason people are like, wait, he's not that accurate. He hasn't played under center. It's a very, very complex system when he gets to uh, when he gets to Houston. Like, they're not running zone read uh, when he's and, and and he sometimes struggles in the pocket. So, um, but I think he starts a game. So I'll say 95 percent chance he starts a game. Final one for you, The Rock, yes, aka Dwayne Johnson told GQ magazine him running for president in 2020 is a real possibility. What are the chances he runs and what are the chances he wins? What are the chances he runs? Uh, 40, 40% chance. Chance he wins, 10% chance. I do think that Trump opened the floodgates. You know, like, look, a lot of us wish Bloomberg would have run. Uh, Mark Cuban could run. I think whatever invisible ceiling it were for guys that weren't qualified for the job, Donald Trump has blasted through. I think you'll see more of this. Ooh, uh, that that's what's was in my... Scott Liebsack. Is Kirk Cousins a star or just a guy? Find out next. Boom! Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Folks, we just try and bring you the stories of the day that you might have missed and make you interested in sports. And we had our first good NBA playoff game, really, right? I mean... It was interesting when LeBron was down 26 and he's just like, I'm going to flip the switch and carry my team. That was against the Pacers. Everybody knew the outcome of that series. By the way, Kobe has some, I, I think it was a weird, Kobe made it, Kobe's awkward. Anybody ever notice that? Kobe's awkward. Um, but Kobe made a kind of a weird, I don't know, is a parallel or a metaphor for the formality of, Cavs, Warriors, and why he's okay with it. I don't know if it actually made any sense, but whatever. Uh, we'll tell it to you a little bit later on in the show. Rob Parker joined us this hour. Rob Parker is going to join us from Fox Sports 1 and Fox Sports Radio. In 30 minutes, he's going to join me in studio. We're going to argue. That's it. That's really the, that's the, uh, that's the uh, tease. We're going to argue. I, I, I like Rob a lot. Uh, did uh, Talented sports radio guy, writer in Detroit. Of course, uh, used to be at ESPN before Stephen A. sold him out, and then uh, he did sold him out. Happened to me too, um, uh, but anyway, not Stephen A. Other people sold him out. So uh, anyway, Rob's gonna we're, we'll we're trying to contextualize LeBron James as he he went to like really old man barbershop reference going talking to Larry Holmes, and I'll allow him to kind of I'll allow him the floor to give his thoughts, and then we'll see if we can slice and dice his points or agree with his points on LeBron James and how we evaluate the greatness of his career versus the greatness of others' career, most notably Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Um, I think this is interesting. 
So Scott McLuhan was the guy. Scott McLuhan uh, lost his job as Washington Redskins general manager. And McLuhan has had personal problems in the past, most notably with alcohol. And it was leaked as that was part of the problem. They didn't allow him to go to the scouting combine. They let him down to talk to the media. And now after he's been fired, he did talk to the media. He was on with uh, Grant and Danny on 106.7 The Fan. And he had this to say about his quarterback. Remember, Kirk Cousins was the quarterback. They franchised him last year. They couldn't get a deal done this year. Some people thought they might trade him to the San Francisco 49ers because Kyle Shanahan is the coach of the Niners, and Kyle Shanahan was spent with Kirk Cousins even when he was the coordinator for the Redskins and his dad was the coach, and they had RG3. They they always thought Cousins was better. Cousins fit their system, their style, and so there's always been this thought that he'll end up in San Francisco because San Francisco will pay him what the Redskins won't. And you have to ask yourself, after Kirk Cousins threw for over 4,000 yards this year and took the Washington Redskins to the playoffs twice, like, why wouldn't you give him that type of deal, that type of contract? Here's McLuhan. I think his ceiling's worth that right now with people around him. You know, he's a good football player. He's a quarterback that's proven that he can win a division. You know, and and that's hard to find. You know, and have chance for two years in a row you know go to the playoffs that's that's what you look for all right so again let's let's contextualize kirk cousins year this year let's 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 like talk about so he threw for 4758 yards 25 touchdowns 12 interceptions it's important to note that these days these days in the nfl back in my day 3000 yards was a great year now 4000 yards doesn't do anything right there were 14 4,000-yard quarterbacks last year. Is that right? Like, that's kind of crazy. Kind of crazy when you think about it. This is really interesting when you bring up 4,000-yard quarterbacks. And not all of them played all 17 games. But um, 13 4,000-yard quarterbacks, including Eli Manning, Jameis Winston, Andy Dalton. Didn't have a good year, right? Nobody would argue Andy Dalton had a good year. Russell Wilson, Carson Palmer. Did Carson Palmer have a good year? Not really. They were a disaster this year. Andrew Luck didn't have a good year. Joe Flacco, Matthew Stafford, Philip Rivers, Aaron Rodgers obviously had a great year. Kirk Cousins, Matt Ryan, Drew Brees. Uh, not on that list is Derek Carr, who got hurt before the end of the season, so he didn't play his 16th game. He threw for 3,900 yards. Would have thrown for 4,000. Blake Bortles threw for 3,900 yards. Sam Bradford, who had to get the, rid of the ball super quickly and led the set the all-time record for completion percentage, but it was all dink and dunk, 3,800 yards. Ben Roethlisberger didn't play all all, all 16 games, uh, some because of injury, 3,800 yards. Carson Wentz, 3,700 yards. Dak Prescott, who did have a very good year, only 3,600 yards. Tom Brady, who did not play the first four games of the season, threw for 3,500 yards. So, look, in summation, had Tom Brady played 15 games, right, wouldn't play the last game of the year, had Ben Roethlisberger not been hurt at some point this season, um, had Derek Carr not gotten, gotten hurt, we would have had like 16, 17, 4,000-yard passers. That's over half the league. Now, Kirk Cousins obviously didn't just, uh, it wasn't just that he threw for 4,000. He nearly threw for 5,000 yards. Drew Brees only wanted to throw for 5,000. Did they actually have a good year? No. They stunk. 
Um, what McLuhan is saying, and he's not saying it without saying it. He's saying it because he believes to be fact. Like this is who he is. He's a he's he's not the worst quarterback in the league. He's not a backup. He's good. You're not going to win a Super Bowl because of him. You probably don't get to a Super Bowl because of him. But can you get to the playoffs? Sure. But now all of a sudden, you need a guy to win a game, and that's not really who Kirk Cousins is. And I kind of think that's really fair. And I actually think that what the Redskins are trying to do is like, hey, look, I understand that we fully get that Traditionally in the NFL, whoever gets the last deal gets the most money, right? But the Redskins are like, look, dude, we don't think you're a top five quarterback in the NFL. Nobody thinks you're a top five quarterback in the NFL. We think you're a second tier, between second and third tier quarterback. I'll, I'll just ask you really quick. Would you rather have um, Aaron Rodgers? I mean, Aaron Rodgers is the best, okay? And Tom Brady even at this stage in his career, he would still probably rather have. I'd rather have Phillip Rivers. I understand that people can't understand why the, the Chargers don't win more if he's so awesome, but Phillip Rivers is awesome. His, he's lost his number one ride receiver the first game the past two years. Uh, Melvin Gordon sucked two years ago, was decent, then he got hurt. Antonio Gates was out with PEDs. They have no defense. Offensive line's been a joke. He's awesome. So... um, like, would you take him ahead of luck? You wouldn't. Like, he is somewhere between the... You wouldn't take him ahead of Russell Wilson, would you? No, I'm not not, not crazy. And in all honesty, Derek Carr's better than him. But he's not bad. He's not bad. Like, he's obviously... Is he better than Ryan Tannehill? I think so. Is he better than Tyrod Taylor? Probably. I think ceiling-wise, Marcus Mariota is probably better. He's he's as good or better than Alex Smith, who gets the Kansas City Chiefs to the playoffs but then has that same ceiling. Here's Scott McLuhan in regards to why they haven't compensated Kirk Cousins like he wants to be compensated. Everybody says it's the most important position on the field, which I understand he's touching the ball every snap, but it's the guys around him. You know, it's all of a sudden, if you're paying the quarterback, then you're going to lose an offensive lineman. You, you know, you're going to lose a defensive lineman. You're going to lose a corner because you can't, you know, with the cap, you, you, you can't afford it. Smart. Like, look, there's a, the, it's the reason that the Dallas Cowboys hit a home run with Dak Prescott. Is Dak Prescott a top five quarterback in the league? No, but he's a fourth round pick who has to, I don't know if you guys know this, they cannot renegotiate his contract over the next two years. There's, there's, no, there's a clause in the collective bargaining agreement that they cannot renegotiate his contract over the next two years. So he's making less than a million dollars this season as quarterback, which allows you, because of the salary cap, to spread all that money around. And somewhere in between that and what he's actually worth or what Andrew Luck money or... Like, look, this is what Tom. This is why Tom Brady took less, because in order to really be successful, you got to have an offensive line, you got to have a really good defense. And if they're trying to be fiscally responsible and say, "Hey, look, dude, we think you're good, but we we one, we don't think you're worth twenty five million dollars a year, and two, like that's not really smart to run a football team that way." 
We think $16 million a year is about right, maybe 17 not overpay you. And, oh, yeah, by the way, we surround you with better talent, which allows you to have a better career for longer. Yes, Ryan Music. Is the issue with the Redskins at this point, though, since they've used the franchise tag on Cousins twice, that, number one, they've now raised their number of negotiation? Like, if you're paying Kirk Cousins, it's almost $24 million this year. Yes. You're now effectively— Guaranteed, by the way. And he was $20 million last year. So they paid him $44 million guaranteed over two years. Exactly. So this is the issue, and you know this more than most people with you know having an agent and all of those. His agent's now saying— Oh, so you want us to take a pay cut. If you're going to ask him to take 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 million dollars a year, mm-hmm. you're effectively asking him to take a pay cut now. Well, and 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 what the and what the Redskins will say is, "Hey, look, if we gave you a contract, you know, if we gave you a 100 million dollar contract that had 68, 75, 75 million dollars in guarantees, you know, we would have already paid you 44 million dollars in guarantees." But the Redskins are betting on the idea like last year, they the year they won the division, the Eagles were a disaster, right? The Cowboys were a disaster because they had injuries. And the New York Giants found ways to Tom Coughlin got fired because they mismanaged the game down the stretch, right? The Washington Redskins didn't actually beat a team with a winning record the year they won the division with Kirk Cousins as a quarterback. Zero wins over a team with a winning record, not one. And so you can tell me he's great. I would tell you he's good, and they want to pay him got man like he's good. And I don't believe Scott McLuhan lost his job because he didn't want to pay Kirk Cousins. I think what he's saying is what everybody in the Redskins organization is saying. And uh, Cousins wants to be compensated like a guy who threw for 47, 4,900 yards and they're like, look, he's good. He's good in our system. We like him. But we're not going to pay him top five quarterback money because he's not a top five quarterback. And, oh, yeah, by the way, he, he's more likely to be successful. We're more likely to be successful if he signs for a reasonable sum of money. And if we lose him because of it, fine. And, oh, yeah, by the way, they're rolling the dice on him having an average year this year to which his powers of negotiation won't be great. Kind of agree with that philosophy. I might be alone on that island. The Doug Gottlieb Show is brought to you by True Car. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for, and on average, save over three thousand off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Kobe Bryant had something interesting to say, although bizarre, about um, the foregone conclusion that is the Cavs and the Warriors. And I'll ask the question: Why do people think they actually want to see an underdog? when they don't actually want to see an underdog. Find out next. The sad part about this song is, music's too young to know either incarnation of this beat, right? Like, he probably knows Ice Ice Baby, but he definitely doesn't know. I know. I'm the pressure. Yeah, come on, man. Yeah, by Queen. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Well, I'm just. I'm kind of. Did you? Do you guys know I'm kind of naive? I've always been kind of naive, like not so naive. I didn't know Barry Manilow was gay. Right, Barry Manilow. What it was like two weeks ago? Barry Manilow came out. Like, why is Barry Manilow coming out? Like, didn't there was somebody who didn't know Barry Manilow was gay? I don't really know. Like, or care? I, 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 I know I do not care, but I just didn't think anybody didn't know. But for a long time, like I didn't know 
Uh, Freddie Mercury was gay. I just, I guess that part of music is like, oh, oh, Queen. Oh, that's why they're called Queen. Like, it was like, light bulb. Oh, man. Oh, man. And I'm a, I'm a huge Queen fan. Favorite Queen song. There's only one answer to this one. Everybody answers it wrong. Favorite Queen song, uh, John Ramos. My favorite Queen song or yeah. just my favorite Queen song is We Will Rock You. That's the right answer. Yeah. Everybody says Bohemian Everybody Rhapsody. Everybody says Bohemian Rhapsody. Right. Everybody says Bohemian Rhapsody. Bohemian Rhapsody is not, uh, not as good as We Will Rock. We Will Rock You comes on, and is it impossible that you don't go? Like, there, is it impossible? Music, please don't tell me you're going to go Bohemian Rhapsody on that, are you? No, I'll go with We Will Rock You, but I know uh, Dan Beyer. Well, my, mine's always been Show Must Go On, but I will say this. I've yeah. never heard anybody say... I want to hear We Will Rock You. Like, nobody's like, I got to hear that song. And that's why I don't understand why it gets so much radio play. Because it's, it's awesome. It's because everyone wants to listen to Come uh, on, dude. Fat Bottom Girls. I, I, Come on, dude. You, <laughs> you mean to tell me right now you're not ready to go do something awesome? Well, I've just read, like, this is more of a stadium anthem to me. And this is, you need 70,000 people. Nobody's like, man, I've got We Will Rock You in my head. I have to hear it. I just never felt it was a listening head. song. Okay, but in your head is not like Macarena gets in your head. Right? Like that gets in your head. You're welcome, by the way, for Gottlieb putting that in your head. You're like, oh, God, I hate that guy. That was John and, and Suzanne's first dance song. at their wedding. Uh, what, what, yeah, what, <laughs> hey, what was your first dance song, Dan Byer? Um... <laughs> Uh oh! No, see, I no, I no, I was gonna uh, song for someone by U two because Lisa's a big U two fan. Wow, you didn't you didn't think about one? No, 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 no. Like you're one now. I understand that the one. I don't means think that's else. really about becoming one. It's not, but it so, could be. Yeah, just like "Born in the USA" isn't the patriotic anthem everybody thinks it is. <laughs> it's the exact yeah, opposite. It's the exact opposite. It, yeah. Just listen to the lyrics, and uh, yeah. Hey, look, my my favorite class. I tell people all the time, my favorite class ever was uh, in between Notre Dame and Oklahoma State. I went to junior college for a year, and I took the history of rock and roll. And again, I told you I'm kind of naive. Sure. Like, I didn't know that, and most people, I don't know, like, even the term rock and roll is sexual innuendo, right? But I didn't know that Frankie goes to Hollywood, Frankie say relax. Like, I didn't know what that was about. And then all of a sudden, like, you listen to the words, like, oh, wait, that's the dirtiest yeah. song I've ever heard. <laughs> I know Little Red Corvette also is not about a car. So that's also <laughs> something that people should realize. It's not about their... It's about dr- it's about drugs, right? <laughs> yes, and a and a woman. It's not like going to the Honda dealership and buying a new car. That's <laughs> what not new, What new car do you have? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, that's uh that's funny. Uh we were supposed to do something sports here, weren't we? <laughs> <laughs> Rob Parker is going to join us in a second. Um uh, I, I got this is it, it, this kind of does go back to the 80s fire is uh, movies are great for underdogs, right? That movies sure. give us movies give us great underdog stories. And and some movies are based upon like Miracle is based upon a true story. And we were the underdog like we weren't that big an underdog right? against the against the Russians. Like we're still America still of the hockey playing countries in 1980. We were we were probably third. Right, it's not like yeah, you were in the semis. Yes, I mean it wasn't like let's kind of be honest. Like the Russians might have been the best because they were using grown men and we were using college kids. But 
it's it's not like we're like, oh, hockey? What is this sport? We've never heard of it before. Like it's not it's not like we're the Jamaican bobsled team trying to win a gold medal, okay? So uh, but 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 like the lower of the underdog idea, some of it comes from reality. Milan High School, which of course was part of the famed Hoosiers, um, uh, which in, in the movie Hoosiers, it was Hickory High. That's a true story. But it's interesting. We have this infatuation with, like, we're a little Rocky. Uh, Rocky, yo. So we love the movie Rocky because the underdog, We t- like, did the Russian have to be on steroids? Like, did he have to be on steroids uh, when, when, uh, when, when uh, in Rocky Four? Probably not. That was a little bit over the top. Somehow Rocky can just take all those shots to the head and still manage to knock out Drago. Like, yeah, okay. Anyway, we have this infatuation with the idea of an underdog and an upset. And yet we're, we're completely contradictory when it comes to actual television ratings. Aren't we? I mean, you track any of the NCAA championships either in the bowl championship series back with the BCS or now with the college football playoff go to the NBA, to the NFL. Like The numbers are bigger when the favorites are in it. Kobe Bryant had some interesting things to say to uh, Jackie McMullen, some of the, that about Isaiah Thomas. But he also said, he was asked uh, whether he thought it was bad for basketball for the Warriors and Cavaliers to match up for a third consecutive time. He said, quote, why is it bad for basketball? That makes no sense. Just because it's preordained, that's a bad thing. I know I'm going to wake up in the morning. Is that a bad thing? I don't think it is. I don't really understand that metaphor. Do you guys get that metaphor? Just it's not preordained that you're going to wake up in the morning. You're going to wake up in the morning because you're a human being. Like I don't I, think. I, I like to think that it's preordained that I'll wake up in the morning. <laughs> I mean, I hope it's preordained, yeah. but I don't know if that's. I mean, eventually you may have some questions as to whether or not that's a certainty. But as of right now, and for the foreseeable future, I would like to think that's preordained. But I don't know if that's, is that the bright, is that, I don't think preordained is actually the right uh, term for for the fact you're going to wake up in the morning. Predetermined? It is predetermined, which is preordained. Like, what is the, the definition of preordained? Okay. Uh, the definition is to decide or determine an outcome beforehand. That's not pre, preordained. It is. It's. It's predetermined, or it's. It's. It's physiology. It's not preordained. You are going to wake up in the morning, and it has been decided, but it hasn't been decided by a person, right? It's been decided by your body, by nature. Preordained is like, all right, we set it up, and it's a setup deal. The game is rigged, if you will. It's preordained. I don't actually think it's a bad thing. I think when we look back, I mean, what are the most popular video games in basketball history? It's Lakers versus Celtics and the NBA Finals. It felt like they didn't meet every year, but it sure felt like they did. And, oh, yeah, by the way, if the NBA could have preordained that Kobe and LeBron would have matched up in the Finals, they would have. Or the Lakers, the highest rated series recently was the Lakers, until last year, was the Lakers versus the Celtics. When Kobe's team took down the Celtics. Why? Because they had met previously in previous generations. Going back to Jerry West and Wilton, those guys going forward to Magic and Larry Bird and Jabbar and those guys going forward until when you had Kobe Bryant and Pau Gasol meeting up against Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce and 
for your Ray Allen as well, right? So uh, we actually like the history of it. We actually like the idea of a series to decide what series actually means more. I don't think Kobe is using preordained the way it should be used. I think he's misusing it. But I agree with him. It's not bad for basketball. It's what everybody wants to see. It's the best players in the world, the two best teams. And this is why the NBA expanded to seven games for the first round. First round used to be littered with upsets back when they had five games. This is why Major League Baseball has that that totally hokey wild card play-in game, right? Where teams aren't really in the play. If you make the wild card game, you're not in the play. You're in the playing game. But the idea was like we want to punish you for not winning your division, so you're going to have to use your best pitcher, presumably, to win the wild card game. Then that takes your ace out of starting the first game in a series. And they've lengthened the series in Major League Baseball. Why? Because they want to reward the best regular season teams, and they want the stronger likelihood of having those teams match up in the World Series. And, oh, yeah, by the way, I also think they expanded because they want the strongest likelihood of, like, the Yankees and the Red Sox getting in. Because America doesn't actually like underdogs. There is no, this is, all right, I'm going to let you in on a little industry secret here for a second, okay? Um, the regime I work for at ESPN Radio was not the same regime that that, that is there now. And I'm not here to take shots at, at ESPN Radio. I'm here to paint an actual, honest picture. And here's the perfect parallel to why it's actually a good thing if the Cavs and the Warriors match up in the finals. So when I was there, we'd have meetings. And you know, I'm not really a meeting guy, but we would have some interesting meetings to which they had collected data. They had listing groups. They had st- really studied the radio industry. Here's what people are look- listening for. Here's what you should do more of. Here's what you should do less of. And they would hand you a packet of things nationally that trend and what people want to hear, what they don't want to hear. Not Twitter, not I saw a text one day or something that was written, not what I think. Here's the actual data. So when I was at CBS Radio, CBS Sports Radio, and they're great guys. They've been very successful in local radio. And the feedback I would get would be, hey, man, you should take more phone calls. And why don't you have guests at the top of the hour? Now, taking a guest at the top of the hour is really kind of a local radio deal. You have a guest, and then you take calls or you react to that guest the rest. Of the, but when you're doing national radio in this time slot, I'm not on in every market for three hours. So, and most of you have a life. You may be coming in from lunch, going out to lunch, coming in from work, hopping in your car, long drive, didn't hear. So when you turn on your radio at one o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock, four o'clock, five o'clock, wherever you are, we're on across the country, Doug Gottlieb show, Fox sports radio, I don't want the first thing you hear to be me being welcoming in a guest. I want you to hear my opinion of the day, of the topic of the day. That's how we lay it out. So that's what that's my feedback to them was like, well, where's your data? Like, I understand you think taking phone calls is a good idea, or you think having a guest at the top of the hour is a good idea, but do you have data to support your argument? Because I can't argue with data. I can't argue with what listeners think and feel and react to based upon a listing group, based upon numbers for national sports radio. I cannot. So you may, the parallel here is, you may think that America likes an underdog. That it's better if we don't know who's going to be in the finals. 
And that sounds about right. Like there should be some somebody new. But the truth is that a, a larger percentage of Americans, if you want to grow the sport of basketball, the most likely, the, the likeliest scenario based upon data is more people are going to watch if it's Kobe versus Steph part and with Kevin Durant part three. It's data. It's inarguable. It's ratings. Did I say Kobe? I, I meant LeBron. I, I apologize. Amazing. Remember we were talking about, there was a time, like a couple years ago, we were talking about Kobe being close to Jordan, which I never bought into. I just, I was never there. Never there. Is LeBron close to Jordan? Is he passing Jordan? Our friend Rob Parker will argue with me. I don't even know what we're going to argue about, but he will argue with me. Probably about LeBron and, Co- LeBron and uh, and and MJ, or maybe we'll agree. You'll find out after we find out what's trending. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, quick shout out to my man Tony Gonzalez, who was my high school AAU teammate. He is the greatest tight end of all time, and he is uh, now just announced today a, a new member of the Fox Sports family. So, uh, music. If you can't get Tony Gonzalez on, or um, or or if Cindy, if she can't get, I mean, we got to get Tony Gonzalez on. We got to have, have to have it done. I can't believe we didn't announce it on the Doug Gottlieb show. But, uh, dude, he's also, he was, I he wasn't the most skilled teammate I ever had, but he might have been, this is kind of like my Mono Ginobili argument. Like, we won because of Tony Gonzalez. He found a way as a basketball player. When we played AAU, we won Fame Slam and Jam League, which was the big AAU league at the time in Southern California, because of Tony Gonzalez. Anyway, great to have him on board. I think he's going to do the 11 o'clock pregame show. Uh, that's awesome. Great dude. And he's one of those guys that, you know how some guys are annoying a wine guy where they can like, right? Like, I, that doesn't actually impress me when you're a wine guy. Like, oh, let me let me check out the wine label there. Oh, that's 2003. That's not a good year. Like, uh, Tony is a beer guy. Like, you know, he has a new Modelo ad. I don't know if you guys seen it. He has a new Modelo ad. And the Modelo ad is accurate. Like, every Sunday he actually has a family dinner. And they, he's a, he's actually huge into cooking, but he's a big beer guy. Like he can chapter and verse any beer ever. He travels the world drinking beer, which I guess if you have that kind of money, you travel the world. Like, right? I travel the world looking for a place to take a nap. That's what I mean. We welcome in, <laughs> welcome in Rob Parker, who, who we worked together. Man, we're getting old. Uh, many many moons ago, many, dog. Many moons ago. Of course, he has he and Mark Willard, who one of my favorite dudes. I love Willard. He and Mark Willard host the show after uh, weekend afternoons. Saturdays. Saturdays. 1 to 4 right. uh, Eastern and uh, 10 a.m. to 1 Pacific. And you know what? Right. Love working with Mark Willard. What a, what a guy he is. Part, uh, just part of the big Fox Sports Radio family. And, of course, you can see Rob on uh, whether it's Undisputed, whether it's the Colin Cowherd show, The Herd, or on Speak for Yourself. Not Speak for Yourself, but. Sorry about that. I, just, I made an assumption there. You're supposed to go along with I it. I know. I'm time. sorry, but I'm not I, on that show. I don't know if you okay. got. I don't know. I don't know what happened there. I'm anyway, not on that Rob show. Parker, join right. us. Okay, so uh, when I have long made the argument, like, look, I'm a Jordan guy, but I'm not so I'm not so entrenched that I can't really appreciate what LeBron's doing, and I do think that this is the first time. I don't. I we never saw this from Kobe. We didn't. People want to, they so badly wanted to make Kobe Jordan because people forget when Kobe first came to the league, he used to walk like Jordan. He used to talk like Jordan. Had the uh, uh, 
wristband on his elbow. Right. No, he, he, used, Jordan. he used to sound like Michael Jordan if you didn't see the video and just listen to him, right? Right. No, he wanted to be Jordan, but he was never Jordan because there was never that sense of inevitability. Like, Jordan's going to win this game. I don't know how he'll figure it out. Um, and he never quite figured out what Jordan did to win championships, where Jordan finally figured out, I have to trust my teammates. He would get selfish. He didn't trust. He didn't have good teammates. He didn't trust his teammates. They put him in the triangle, created great spacing. And he now LeBron's different, but where LeBron I would say is the same is there. Ha, we have gotten to a place, at least now, where there's a certain sense of inevitability that he's going to find a way. Where are you in the Jordan versus LeBron debate? I think that uh, Michael Jordan is the best player. I, I cover. I've covered the NBA since 1987. I was there in Cleveland when Michael Jordan hit that shot over Craig Elo. I could just I, – I, I saw so many of those things and, and watched them. And that's not to take anything away from LeBron James. And I think the difference is when you talk about it, because it's not strictly just the numbers count. And that what, what a lot of people want to say. Well, if LeBron wins six or seven, then he's better than Michael Jordan. No, no, it doesn't go like that. Right. Because there's other guys who have won a lot of championships – you know, Robert Ory's won, what, five or six or whatever? Get, it doesn't, it doesn't make I, you the can, best player. Can I give you one? Yeah. Who's a better quarterback, Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady? Aaron Rodgers is. There's no doubt about it. Okay. There's no and, doubt And how, no many doubt champion, about it. how many championships And Tom Aaron Brady has one, and Tom Brady has five, two legitimately. But that's another story. <laughs> legitimately? That wasn't legitimate what they just did this year? They're down 28-3, no. to three, they came back and won? The last two championships he's got, total gifts. Uh, choke job by Atlanta. I don't know. Seattle gifted wrapped a, a Super Bowl. The first Super Bowl he got was another gift wrap. Okay, fine, but they the should they should have beaten the, they should have beaten the Giants okay. no, twice. They shouldn't I mean, have, no, they well, should not on, have beaten the, the dude, Giants. Wait, David Tyree, no. who no one has ever heard of before or since, caught a ball against his helmet, which was a terrible throw. They shouldn't have beat the but but Tom Brady. They were eighteen and zero and got beat on a miracle catch. But Tom Brady also overthrew Wes Welker with a wide open. He was wide open. Doug. He was wide open. It hit okay. him in the hands. No, but that was a terrible pass from this. And then Mario Manningham made a great catch. I, I would agree. But Tom but if, Brady, if you're, is, going to, if you're going to if you're going to say that Seattle screwed up and they did, if you're going to say that Atlanta screwed up and the play calling was awful, and it was. They, they watched the ball four times would, in the second half with a 25-point lead. It, then it, it would also be fair to say, hey, dude, the David Tyree catch is a miracle. It's okay. a one And a also catch. when they beat the Panthers, I think it was. Uh, dude, what, it was, was Jake DeLone. No, but, but it was also the, the, the kicker punted, punted the ball, kicked the ball out of bounds. I'm just saying that's why I call Tom Brady the load, the luckiest of all time, because it's not that he's not a great player. It's that he's been – everything works his way. Julio Jones catches a great pass on the sidelines. First and goal, Doug, at the 22. I, I don't have to play one minute of football to know. I just need to rush the ball three times You don't even the need middle, to run the ball. And all you have to do is – goal right there. All you have to do Game is, is over. snap the ball and take a knee. You don't even – no one right? has to touch – the ball. They're for, they were at the 22-yard line. We're getting so far. All okay, right, all hold right, on. Stop. Uh, all right, so here's what we're going to do. All right, so let me let me give you the little LeBron. Let me get there. Okay, how okay. about can, can you do it in 45 seconds? Real quick, yes. Okay. And then we're going to argue. LeBron James is the Larry Holmes, is, uh, is Larry Holmes more so than Muhammad Ali from this standpoint. He won't get the recognition and the legacy will always be damaged because of who he beat and the easy path he's had 
two finals out of the East. And I'll tell you this. He ruined his own story by manipulating the league. Instead of going through Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, say if Derrick Rose was still healthy, Carmelo Anthony, what he did is he joined those guys, not, not all of them, but joined them, so that he would have an easier path. So when you look at him, and it's the same thing, Larry Holmes was 48-0, and and at no time, Doug, did anybody think he was the greatest fighter ever. Not, not once. Because of who he beat, because of the competition. Who you beat matters. All right, so the question becomes, does that change if he takes down the Golden State Warriors, who won 73 last year and then added in Kevin Durant? We'll get to that part of the debate. Rob Parker continues to join us. That's upcoming next. Justin Justin Turner of Los Doyers will join us top of the hour. They had a walk-off win uh, last night, didn't they? Walk-off win for the boys in blue. Doug Gottlieb Show brought to you by True Car. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Go to TrueCar.com. Rob Parker of Fox Sports 1 and Fox Sports Radio continues to be kind enough to join us in studio. Fresh off of, uh, did you go to Hooters? you go to Now uh, we Wild went to um, uh, the Cheesecake Factory Cheesecake with Andy Factory. C. Yeah, uh, Cheesecake Factory, the largest menu in all of America. That is an incredible menu. It is. And I and don't let me forget, I got some wings that I got to go. They were in the fridge. I got to take them on the got way Got wings? Home. Got you, wings, too. Wait, you went? There's a I Buffalo, had lunch. There's a Buffalo Wild Wings right next no, to No, 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 but I had lunch. I had shrimp and a Caesar salad. I had a, lu- a real lunch. Yeah. And then I said, let me order a wing. I just figured the company's paying for it. I'll get wings, too. Oh, oh <laughs> somebody else is picking it up. We used to do that in college. Like of when course. we we went to we'd eat at the we'd eat at Red Lobster the night before a game, and guys would order, would eat, and then they would order just an extra dessert and order an extra uh, uh, extra crab legs to go, and then you put it in your fridge and a- you have it the absolutely. next day. Absolutely, paying for it. Yeah, um, always a great employee. Um, glad our bosses are <laughs> listening to Rob Parker when that when that uh, reimbursement comes Uh-oh. comes around. Okay, so the Jordan versus LeBron debate. It has to at least. I don't think he's ever going to pass Jordan. I also think he's greatly helped by the way in which the game's officiated. Right? Because as you and I know, back in the back in the 90s when Jordan was at his peak, right? Basketball was throw it into the post, double team comes, kick it out for a jump shot or isolate your play, best player on one side, the double team comes, he passes or he he gets some shot. Now, there's pick and rolls. Uh, I know you're trying to create a mismatch, but the big thing is you can't post up because it's too physical down there. And they can't touch you on the perimeter, so everybody's playing away from the basket. And LeBron is able to play downhill, whereas if he played in the 90s, a like-sized player or a Scottie Pippen who isn't as thick as LeBron, but he'd be able to put that one hand on his hip and steer him, and he wouldn't get those straight-line drives he gets now. So doesn't uh, that take away from – that's isn't that the contextualization of the argument that shows that it's a different game, and though he's dominant – it's a different sort of dominance from Jordan. Absolutely. And and I think that, and I get it. I mean, I think there's so many LeBron fans who just don't want to hear and they try to make excuses and tell you why Michael Jordan's not and who he didn't win with and he didn't beat the Celtics and he didn't beat the, the Pistons. Well, when he beat the Lakers, uh, Kareem was old and Magic was getting old. It was Magic's last year before he came down with HIV, right? Right, and all those different things and and whatnot. And I still just go from the standpoint of the eye test. And I did watch both of them. As I said, I covered the NBA since yep. 1987. And I watched Michael Jordan. And it wasn't a thing. It, it was Michael Jordan 
when you watch them, you knew you were watching something special, even back I still think you on. think you're watching something, but does it change if they beat this Warriors team? I think that people will look. It just it all depends, and you know what? He will have another notch and another reason to say he's 4-4 four and four and eight NBA Finals. He made it to seven in a row. It would, it would separate him from maybe the other guys coming behind, yes. But will, will that definitely say he caught Michael Jordan? I don't say how 6-0 and oh is going to be caught. When you've never been beaten, you won all six MVPs. It's, it's interesting you point that out. There's also this assumption that they're going to win. Nobody ever is, takes the other side to it. Right? So if they lose and he's 3-5 and five in eight NBA Finals, now what? Now what would be the argument? He doesn't have this? Or, whoa, they got Kevin Durant. What did you expect? You can't expect LeBron to beat that team and, and they just added another superstar. That'll be the cry, watch, is that they had too much. Last question. Uh, somebody else will make the Finals. Pick the franchise that's most likely to make the Finals next. Spurs. <laughs> I hate to say it. I wish it was Houston. Spurs. I don't mean this year. I mean Oh, you mean in, in future in years. Future years? Like who's the closest to getting to that level? That's a good question. I know. I and that's know. the sad part about Washington. I want to say Washington, you look at Boston. Can I really sit here and say that Washington's going to be there in, in the NBA finals in a in a year or two? I can't honestly say that. And that's the bad part about the league. That's why the NBA is a bad, bad league as we speak. I don't think it's a bad. I think it's a great league with great young talent. I do think there's two teams that are far better than the rest of the league. Check out Rob Parker this weekend, 1 to 4 Eastern time on Fox Sports Radio. Justin Turner of the L.A. Dodgers will join us. What's with all these late-game wins? Find out next on the Doug Gottlieb Show. What up? Doug Gottlieb Show rolls on Fox Sports Radio. 877-996-6369. on Fox. Give us a call. Ringy dingy dingy. Uh, but not right now, though, because uh, Justin Turner is going to join us in mere moments. L- let me quickly give you a take on last night's game in which the Spurs found a way for- to come from behind and take down the Houston Rockets late by three. And the game culminated on an incredible uh, block from behind by the old man, Manu Ginobili. Look, here's the thing about Manu Ginobili. He's a basketball Hall of Famer. He's a basketball Hall of Famer. Um, and it's one of those things with old dudes to where it's much like in life. You can't, you can't bring your A game every night, but every once in a while you remind people of the player that you used to be. It's the I played it for you earlier, the, the Toby Keith. I ain't as good as I once was, but I'm as good once as I ever was. Like There's, there's something to Ginobili where he wins – Everywhere he's been. Everywhere. Italy, two championships. Argentina, world championship, gold medal. Spurs, four championships. Like There's just something to guys that find a way to win games. Don't believe me? Take the opposing coach, Mike D'Antoni's word for it. Well, I figured that uh, Manu at least have one or two good games. And uh, you you knew that was going to happen. Um, that's why he's a champion. He's great. He's been great his whole life everywhere in Europe and then over here. Uh, he has been great in Europe, and by, by my estimation, he is in fact a Hall of Famer. Uh, let's uh, let's let's come back to that in in moments. But first, let's let's welcome in um, Justin Turner to the show, fresh off yet another walk off win at Chavez Ravine. This one over the Pittsburgh Pirates. And uh, Justin, thanks so much for joining us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on on Fox Sports Radio. Um, 
what's like what's your go-to in the celebration of walk-off wins? You guys have had a couple this year. Like, are you a let's go get an ice bucket guy? Are you are you one of the guys? Are you the tackle the tackle the hero guy? Like, what's your go-to? Yeah, it kind of depends on the guy, you know. Last night with Barnsey, younger guy, uh, we got in there and kind of tried to beat him up a little bit. So, uh, you know, sometimes we'll grab the ice bucket, dump it on the guy. Um, sometimes we'll beat him up a little bit, try to rip his jersey off or something. But uh, definitely, it definitely depends on who it is. So, did you get any good licks in? I got a couple of good ones. I, I mean, I didn't tell him it was me though. There's a bunch of guys around him, and uh, you give him some jabs and. And, uh, you know, he's got so much adrenaline going, he doesn't feel anything anyway. So, Who is who is take it too far guy? Which one of your guys is, oh, he whether it's whether it's playing topper going too far, the joke to, or or the celebration, who is take it too far guy? Because I saw you, you got some jabs in, but there's video of it. You pulled out. Who's the guy who takes it too far? Uh, man, probably Kike. Kike can take it too far sometimes. He, uh, he gets a little aggressive. I won't go into how, but. Uh, it's, it's always kind of fun. it's always kind of funny. <laughs> uh, Justin Turner joining us. Um, th- this is kind of a fascinating year for your team. Last year there were there were so many injuries, right? So many injuries uh, to the rotation. Obviously, this year you know your Rich starts out and once again. He's how does he have a blister this early in the year? I don't really get what's going on that he didn't have the whole off season to figure that thing out, and yet the blister pops up again. Tell me there's some fix to the blister. I know he's trying everything he can. Uh, I think they got something figured out now. He's actually pitching today in San Jose, I think, uh, in the rehab game. Um, but, you know, it is the way he throws his curveball and how many curveballs he throws, it just keeps that seam right there. It just keeps ripping right on the right on the fingertip. And um, I think they got a few things figured out. Uh-oh. We've had uh, – We've had trainers and, and bullpen coaches trying all these different things and going out and just throwing 100 baseballs into a wall and seeing how it holds up. And uh, So they're, they're, they're getting to the bottom of it, and hopefully today goes well for him and uh, he'll be back pitching for us, hopefully, in, in San Francisco. You guys have won eight out of your last ten, and you've done so without Rich Hill. I know Tolls went down. He ran into the wall and got hurt. Like Again, what what is it with your team to which last year couldn't stay healthy, this year can't stay healthy? Yeah, I said it last year too. You got to tip your hat to Andrew and Farhan in the front office, and uh, you know for the depth that they've created. You know when guys go down, it seems like uh, someone comes, someone else comes up and just steps right in. You look at uh, Tolsey last year, Chris Taylor, what he's doing for us this year, uh, with Logan Forsythe going down. So um, you know the depth that they've gone out and they've acquired, and, and they have in the organization, uh, it makes it really tough on on Dave on on Doc because. Uh, he's got to tell a lot of good players that they got to play in, in the minor leagues. But uh, at the same time, when, when someone gets hurt or someone goes down, uh, we know we have a, a really good caliber player coming up to step right in, and, and we don't miss a beat. Justin Turner joining us, the third baseman for the L.A. Dodgers. Dodgers have won eight out of their last ten. Uh, if you haven't been following Justin's season, like if you go old school and you go batting average, he's hitting three seventy two, which is sick, right? That's insane numbers. Uh, but when you go to OBP, he's also six in OBP. Like you're on base forty five percent of the time. Like that that is a remarkable, remarkable numbers. And you've done so without taking a bunch of walks, right? How is it how have you managed like what's what's the trick to finding a way to always being on base? You stand really close. 
the play and get hit all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think I got more hit by punches than walks already this year. So, uh, yeah, it's just it's kind of ebbs and flows this season. I think walks come in bunches. Just like, um, they kind of go hand in hand. I also wasn't striking out a bunch in the beginning of the year. And, uh, you know, sometimes – uh, the only way to walk is you're missing good pitches to hit. And, and so far in the beginning of the year, you know, I've been hitting those balls uh, and not fouling them off. And, uh, you know, that's one way to, to get walks. You, you miss good pitches to hit, and then you end up walking. But when you're, when you're hitting those balls, then you don't really get the chance to walk. You know, we, we've talked a bunch about this in regards to basketball, right? Like the foregone conclusion that it's going to be the Warriors and the Cavs in the finals, it does feel like, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, it does feel like a foregone conclusion that you, the Nats, and the Cubs are going to be in the playoffs, right? Like, that's it kind of feels like a foregone, and I know that in the midst of it right now, you're like, hey, dude, we're just trying to keep our head above water. We got all these injuries. We don't have, yeah, rich, we don't have rich Hill. But you can do, you can do that in, in basketball and in football and, and just look on paper, but baseball is a crazy game, man. A lot of stuff can happen, and uh, just because one team's supposed to be, uh, you know, the best team that year, it doesn't always work out that way. You know, you still got to go out and play the game. You still got to find a way to get hits. And, uh, you know, you see it every year. We have that Cinderella team or that surprise team that's playing really good that everyone wrote off. And there's also that team that everyone expects to be really, really good. And, and for whatever reason, they can't figure it out. So uh, that's, that's part of the reason, you know, I love this game so much is it's not – you can't take anything for granted. Justin Turner joining us, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. It's true, but, like, the Giants are as bad as they've been in a decade, right? Like, San Diego still hasn't – like, it feels like the division – the Colorado Rockies are a nice story, but, like, nobody – I know you guys are going out there uh, upcoming tomorrow after after today's game, but it doesn't feel like there's ever the true buy-in over Colorado's ability to get the quality pitching – and they just get worn down by playing those long games at home. I don't know. I just I feel like that's what all of us expect. What's it like to deal with those expectations of Dodger going to be in the playoffs, Kershaw's going to go to the seventh inning, and that's going to decide whether or not they go to the World Series? That's what that's what common sports fan thinks. What's it like to deal with those expectations? I think uh, I think expectations are the thing that you know us as as the players as athletes try to avoid. You know you when you have expectations and you expect things to go a certain way and they don't, it's pretty crushing for you. So if you can just take that out of the equation and, and kind of trust the process and go about your business every day, uh, not worrying about the next day, I think that's where, uh, you know, you find success. And I think that's something we've done a really good job of, especially the last couple of years, is not worrying about, you know, what everyone says we're supposed to be and just showing up and playing every day. When when the Matt Harvey news came down, did you guys? Is there ever any? Is there any discussion about that in your clubhouse? Oh uh, yeah, everything that goes on in the league is is always talked about and brought up. And uh, you know, you, the hard part is is you never know all the facts. You never know the real story until you actually talk to him or or whoever it is involved. And uh, you know, you just hope everything works out for both sides and and they figure it out and, and they move forward. Yeah, it's it's crazy though that like, uh, it's it's got to be so much different now for you guys as opposed to ten years ago, right? Where now because of social media, you go out, you have a couple pops with some fellas, 
you know, maybe somebody finds out about it. But now there's like an immediacy to it. And and being in L.A. and look, you haven't been in New York as well. You know, like there's just such a there's such a different. It's so it's so magnified when you're there. If you're out at a club as opposed to like early in your career when you're in Baltimore. Right. Or when you're in Pittsburgh. And I'm not going to say nobody knows, nobody cares, but it doesn't it, it, it doesn't ring the same in terms of level of importance. That's fair, isn't it? Yeah, you know, and, and like you said, with social media nowadays, anyone can jump on and, and tweet something, so-and-so's here, so-and-so's there, and, you know, it doesn't even have to be true. They can write whatever they want, and sometimes it gets, uh, you know, kind of gets carried away, and these stories get blown out of proportion, and people are speculating right away on what's happening, and, uh, you know, it takes a few days, at least, you know, to get to the bottom of it and find out what's really going on, and, uh, but you do have to be careful, man. It's, it's uh, definitely a different world, and uh, you don't want to get, you know, caught up with with the wrong crowd or or in a wrong place, and then you know wake up the next morning and have it be headline news all over the place. No question. Julio takes a no hitter into the seventh. The, the, the pitching staff sets a, a season record for strikeouts. All anybody's talking about, obviously, is that Barnes double that ends up in the walk off win. You guys have won eight out of ten. Hey, man. Uh, best of luck today against the Pirates. Appreciate you joining us. Look forward to catching up soon here on Fox Sports Radio. Hey, thanks for having me, Dad. I appreciate it. All right, that's at Red Turner 2, Justin Turner. I've never been a big beard guy. And as I've, I've told you, like, I've never been a big beard guy. Like, he's a big, he obviously a huge beard guy. Is that like your idol, Ryan? Like, you, do you like that sort of that look? I won't. I grew a pretty thick beard, not quite to the Justin Turner extent. I would never go back to big uh, beard that big again. I didn't. You notice I didn't ask him about the uh, the ingrown hair that led. It was like two years ago, right? He had that like it was almost like if you ever had a nasty ingrown hair, it actually went to the hospital. It was so it got infected, and I think it was like a huge, like a huge zit type deal. Like, <laughs> but I wanted to establish some sort of trust first, yeah, yeah. like that this is a safe place. Uh-huh. Like, I can't come out and go, hey, dude, a couple years ago you had a huge zit on your leg. What's that all had, about? What's that all about? Did you not bathe for, like, a week? I didn't want to break out with that, you know? Like, I want to have him on. Then I'll go out to the stadium and watch a game, shake his hand, and be like, hey, you know, like, at some point I got to get to the zit story. You're like, what zit? Like, the leg zit. Like, oh, it wasn't the leg zit. ingrown hair. Like, sure it wasn't. Um, right? So then, then, <laughs> then we'll hit him with it. Then we'll get the story. Is that cool? Sounds good. That's the plan. That's the plan of the Doug Gottlieb Show. When things come out of left field, having a game plan matters. Farmers Insurance has over 89 years of experience helping people play through every stage of the game. We've seen almost everything, so we know how to cover almost anything. Visit Farmers.com. We are Farmers. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo is still a member of the New England Patriots. Could it tell us what the future of Tom Brady holds? Find out next. Doug Gottlieb Show, and with True Car, you can find out what other people in your area pay for the same car you're looking for, and on average, save over 3000 off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Our thanks to Justin Turner, who uh, joined the show. Cindy Katz, who set that up. She does an outstanding job booking the show, as does Ryan Music. Uh, John Ramos on the ones and twos, and you'll hear from Dan Byer in a moment with what's trending, as well as the press. We kind of, if you haven't heard of this show, we try and get you updated as many stories as possible, as often as um, yeah, I'm never, I, sorry, I'm just not a, I'm not a big buyer into Colorado as a challenger in the NOS, just because the, the attrition of that stadium, the altitude, the size of the field there, like we all, I, I don't know how many of you guys are baseball laymans or like 
truly ingrained in baseball. The assumption is that you just hit more home runs in in Coors. But the fact is the field is so big that there's actually just more hits in general, right? And that taxes your bullpen. And we, we talked about this a little bit yesterday, the day before, with the Yankees and the Cubs going to 18 innings. And what that does is it's terrible for baseball because it ruins your bullpen. you got to send a couple guys down, get a couple fresh arms up from the minor leagues. That's basically everyday life for the Colorado Rockies. So I, I think that that stadium inflates your numbers, but that stadium will kill your chances of having arms freshen up for the postseason. And I have history on my side. Boy, Giants are not very good right now either. Giants are in last place. Like everybody always thinks, like, well, I'll figure it out. They have not figured it out. Not figured it out. They got all excited because Bumgarner opening day, home run, two home runs, and he's Bumgarner, and that team just stinks. Anyway. Speaking of history being on my side, it's a great article from Tom Curran of Comcast Sports Net New England. Of course, they cover, among other things, the New England Patriots. Uh, he starts by saying, look, Tom Brady is 39 years old, hasn't showed any showed any signs. Do you say showed or shown? Hasn't shown it? I don't know. Look, he's the writer. Somehow it got approved. We'll go with showed. Showed any signs of slowing. But Jimmy Garoppolo's contract doesn't last forever, and the Patriots believe he's the quarterback of the future. Bill Belichick might have to nudge Brady out of the starting role once the franchise gives Garoppolo starting money. Quote, the night Garoppolo was drafted and Belichick mentioned Brady's age and contract situation, the end game was underway. It's taken a little longer to arrive because Brady has beaten back the Garoppolo challenge with the best football of his life, but that's probably the only reason the Patriots haven't pulled the ripcord already. That's probably a pretty good reason, by the way. The Patriots don't necessarily trade a starter when his backup is better than him. They trade a starter when, in a season or two, the backup will be cheaper, approximately as good as the starter yields a return in a trade. So here's the thing. To any of you, everyone knows Father Time is undefeated. It's just a matter of when Father Time decides to check into the game. And you can only do the avocado ice cream for so long to which eventually it's going to catch up to you. Now, he's at a position which ages well, and he's been able to take care of his body, and they've built a team around him who protects him. He's smart enough to get rid of the football and not take big hits. But at some point in time, it's going to catch up to him. And where does you think this is? It's craziness. That'll never happen. It's Tom Brady where Joe Montana finishes career. Where Brett Favre finishes career. Peyton Manning, granted, got hurt, had multiple surgeries, but he was coming back, ended up having statistically the most successful year in the history of the position in Denver. And if you ask the Colts, would you make that move again? They'd say, absolutely. Not just because. Not just because they got Andrew Luck and they kept Andrew Luck. Not, not just because of that. Andrew Luck also was more cost-effective his first couple years than it would have been had they had Peyton Manning. Did they screw up some of the some of the use of that money? Sure, but it made them, they were a playoff team. They went to the AFC Championship, right? And that likely wouldn't have been possible because you would have had to play, pay Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning money. You got to use history as your guide. History with the Patriots, Richard Seymour. Um, like you just kind of go through Logan Mankins. And I understand that Brady is not Logan Mankins. Tom Brady's dad even came out like, yeah, it's probably going to happen. At some point, it's going to happen. 
And my guess is that they, they look there and they're like, well, why would we trade Jimmy Garoppolo when we think he's a starting quarterback in the NFL? And those are the hardest things to find. Let's just play this thing out as long as we can play this thing out. Keep kicking that can down the road, and eventually we'll have to make a decision. And we know what the decision's going to be. We just don't need to make that decision right now. We're coming off a Super Bowl. Their favorites, they're, the over-under is what? Is it 12 and a half games? Was that what we said it was yesterday? 12 and a half games is the over-under? They're, they're, they're the favorites to win the Super Bowl. They won the Super Bowl without their best offensive player. It's not Tom Brady. It's Rob Gronkowski. Right. Rob Gronkowski is a mismatch in the NFL, the ultimate mismatch. There's nobody you can put on him to which he does not, he cannot get open. Um, and they put better pieces around them. So there's a chance that it, my guess would be that even if it works out this year, they don't get rid of Garoppolo. Why would they? You keep him. You sign him to a contract somewhere in between what a starter and what a backup makes, and you backload it. Knowing that Tom Brady, now he'd be 40, he can say, everybody says, how long do you want to do that? Until I'm 45. Sounds great, Tommy. But at some point, he'll be replaced, whether he's traded or whether he's released, whether he's retired. Th- that, that's all for the future to decide. But to say it'll never, ever happen, period, like, this is the way it works. This is the way it works. And do I think I can trace it back to draft day? Maybe. I also think on draft day that was that was Bill Belichick tweaking his quarterback. Like the reason Belichick's great is because he tweaks his quarterback in front of the rest of the team. He tweaks his quarterback to the media. And even when and and look, Brady's response was to take less money over a longer period of time. And maybe the best thing about New England is what happens everywhere else is probably not going to happen there, which is owner's own. Do you guys know what owner's own means? There's an expression in the NFL, inside NFL circles, and they'll say owner's own. Like, what does that mean? That means that you can have a group of people collect data on the best people to draft, best people to acquire. You can have a general manager, a president that know football their whole lives, a head coach that has a great relationship with all these people, and they come to a collective decision, and they go like, this is what we want to do. And the owner can go, that's awesome. I love how hard you guys work. But I want to do something else. Because I put in $300 million or $400 million, and that's my team. And you know what the general manager can say? Nothing. You know what the president can say? Nothing. You know, Like Jimmy Haslam. Right? Remember when they drafted Johnny Manziel? When they drafted Johnny Manziel, their front office was like, look, we like Teddy Bridgewater. We like Derek Carr. We like this. We don't really like. Like, we don't think Johnny Menzel is a good value in the first round. And and Jimmy Haslam walked in and was like, that's great. I hear you. I know. We got an analytics staff. That's a great job. Good stuff. Would it t- Teddy Bridgewater most likely to be the most successful quarterback? Okay, I like that. That's good. Oh, uh, your player breakdown, you guys like Derek Carr. That's, that's awesome. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to draft Johnny Menzel because we're going to sell jerseys. We're going to fill up the stadium. It's going to bring excitement. And what are you going to say? You know what? Owner's own. And if you – we all have bosses unless you own your own business – and your boss can sometimes take in your input and then go, mm, I want to do something com- completely different. And part of the thing with being employees, you have to go, okay. Doesn't happen that way in New England. 
right? Robert Kraft trusts Bill Belichick. He's allowed Bill Belichick to have complete football autonomy. He's rewarded him with all that jewelry, the five Super Bowl rings. Owner doesn't own there. Owner's own. Yeah, Ryan, you had your hand up. What was, what was it? Is there any chance that part of what happened with Tony Romo was he was no longer going to be the starting quarterback for the Cowboys, and then so he decided that he wanted to retire. Any chance that Tom Brady looks at the situation and goes, you know what, if I can't be the starting quarterback for the New England Patriots, I don't want to be a quarterback for any other team and just decides to retire. Possibly. Possibly. I think I, I do think that they're, the, the team to track is the Niners. Can the Niners build enough talent over the next couple of years? Grew up in Northern California, grew up a Montana fan. Does he go and, and, and you know, Kyle Shanahan's a quarterback guy. That would be the one team you could track and go like, hey, I want to go do it. Um, hey, I want to go do it. So, but could you say like, I mean, like, does he want to go play in Jacksonville? No. Right? Do you want to go play for the Jets? No. You know, you want to go to Kansas City? Like, no. Like, you've been to, you've been to the top of the mountain. Like, that's <laughs> kind of slumming it. Well, the thing right? that's interesting about Tom is playing – uh, you guys are close friends. Yeah, me oh. and me and me and Tommy go way back. Oh. <laughs> I think it's interesting about Brady is when he plays in New England, which is already like an East Coast team. They play outdoors in the weather. So as he gets older, yeah, he needs to play indoors. Right, right. Well, that that's actually it's funny you bring that up. It's the least discussed part of football. The least discussed part of football is like Peyton Manning was great, and this is kind of like the context of LeBron James and. How the game has changed. Like Kurt Warner could only play indoors, could only play in the shotgun. Peyton Manning was smart. I I thought it was silly to go play outdoors in Denver, but Denver does give you more, gives you a stronger arm because of the altitude. Like Houston would have been smart for Tony Romo because it was indoors, controlled environment. Ask any of these quarterbacks. Like it's a it, if you throw the ball fifty yards, it goes fifty yards. It actually also speaks to the greatness of Aaron Rodgers. Like he doesn't play with you can Jordy Nelson has been great, but he's not great anymore. But I mean, he hasn't played with a star studded clip and he's playing in the worst weather possible. You, you remember when when the Broncos lost to the Ravens and Ray Lewis's last year when the Ravens won the Super Bowl, right? Well, the story of that game was Peyton Manning couldn't throw football because it was too windy. So yeah, I, I do think that playing indoors or playing in Northern California is also another place. But Tom Brady's been able to do it playing in terrible weather. He's a great bad weather quarterback. Great bad weather quarterback. Will Los Angeles, the city we're broadcasting from, be getting the Olympics again? Would be the third time. I actually went in 84. That's really cool. We'll discuss as part of the press after we find out what's trending. Doug Outleaf Show, Fox Sports Radio break bash roll smash break bash roll smash all right we got a bunch of things to get to and i want to get to all of them this is the doug gottlieb show every day about this time not exactly this time we try and run through as many of the different stories breaking evolving in the world of sports as possible with the help of our good friend dan fire we call it the press the press. Big deal, little deal. How about no deal for that game, John Ramos? Ram- 
Hey, Ramos is day drinking. It's, it's okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> um, combining it all together, it's what we do. Hey, it's it's a hump day. We're uh, we're looking ahead to the end of the week. Hey, yes, it is the press. And Doug, you touched on it earlier. The Olympics could be coming to Los Angeles, and the International Olympic Committee is in L.A. today for the first of three days of meetings and visits as the city looks to host the 2024 Summer Olympics. Now the L.A. bid projects the games to cost about $5.3 billion. Paris is the other finalist, Doug, and the loser could be awarded the 2028 Summer Games. Uh, the, I think the interesting part is this. As I was around during the 84 games. Obviously, it's a more populated area. But... Uh, and. Look, there's already a plan in the books to redo the Coliseum, which uh, has been promised, honestly, since the 84. Like, that's why the Raiders moved down to begin with, right? Um, But the infrastructure in terms of stadiums is better. Like, I look, I think the way this thing is bid is all wrong. I think, first of all, Paris, with the terror attacks of last year, that's got to be a— I know it's a long time in the future. We're talking about 2024. I got to think that's that's tough to say the world will be safer. I also think that the the games needs America. We're more engaged. We pay more money for the rights. It's more important when it's on our soil. I think, but I also think I wouldn't bid the way other people bid. I just wouldn't. I would say, hey, look, here's the deal. You're going to make more money if you're here. But we already have the infrastructure. We need the roads need work. We need high speed rail, which is already again being built. I. To me, this is kind of a no-brainer for L.A. to go all in, but go all in smartly and help it build the infrastructure of the entire state, not the infrastructure of stadiums. By then, the Rams stadium is going to be done, right? And the Chargers playing with it. You already have uh, Major League Soccer. You still have the Rose Bowl. That can be revamped. You have the Coliseum. You have the Pond, Anaheim Stadium. You got almost everything you need in terms of stadiums. So it wouldn't be the barren wasteland of other countries who build these stadiums and then evacuate them and never use them at like we've seen from Brazil with the World Cup and the Olympics. Like this is kind of a no brainer mm-hmm. to me. And I think the sales should be honestly kind of turn it on its head. You need us as much as we need you. We're going to build the infrastructure. We're going to have the traffic. And it's going to help you revitalize the Olympics, which kind of in all honesty Kind of, kind of hit a lull the past couple times. And, and your point about the Coliseum is well taken because I know that the to save wear and tear the Rams didn't use the end zones last year. That was a great one. You know they boom, just boom, try to boom, boom, try to stay yeah. off of it. Hey, boom, boom, how about this? A follow up from a story that we did do earlier in Gottlieb sack on oh. one of the chances. <laughs> you said that uh, Isaiah Thomas would be fine. That the chances were about a hundred percent. And he was fined twenty five thousand dollars within the last hour, Doug. What if they would have washed his mouth out with soap? <laughs> right? Like, all right, here's the deal. You can, did your mom ever wash your mouth out with soap? No. Mine did. Really? Mine did, yeah. Yeah. Wash my mouth out with soap. Didn't work, obviously. <laughs> you guys heard me with this microphone's not not on. Beep, beep, beep. But she washed my so Isaiah Thomas said, I will F you up. And mm-hmm. Adam Silver said that will cost you twenty five thousand dollars. Uh, yeah. Can't engage, I, and you touched on it earlier as well, saying like you know fans shouldn't have the right to say everything uh, to say anything they want. But when have, you respond that way, have you ever heard Bill Burr's uh, a bit on the malice at the palace? No, no. Ah, oh, it's great. You got to search YouTube for it. Bill Burr, comedian, very funny. He's also got a really good podcast. Uh, Bill Burr um, 
after the Mouse of the Palace said, did you guys, did you guys see the Mouse of the Palace? Like, I, that was my favorite moment in the history of sports. Like, I'll tell you why. Like, for years, guys have been like, why don't you come up here? Why don't you come up here? He's like, they did come up there. It was like a cartoon <laughs> just wiping out rows of people. Hey, <laughs> and, and, and as uh, I'll quote, uh, I believe this is from Unforgiven, Academy Award winning movie, Unforgiven, right? Morgan Freeman and Clint Eastwood, right? Everybody's got it coming to them sometimes. Boston Celtics could have the number one overall pick coming to them as well. Sure, they play the Wizards tonight in game five, but they have other matters at hand. The Celtics reportedly interviewing Markel Fultz at the NBA Combine as the Celtics have the Nets overall uh, number first round pick that could be number one overall. So the Celtics talking to Markel Fultz today. Yeah, uh, this is not even a draft pick they traded for. They traded for the ability to trade picks with the Nets. It's the greatest heist in the history of the NBA. Um Markel Fultz is the most talented guard in a field of very talented guards. He checks a lot of boxes. I don't know if he makes everybody better, but he makes everybody better because he's so talented. He's a much better shooter than Lonzo Ball and then uh, De'Aaron Fox. Really, really skilled kid. Would be stunned if he didn't go number one overall. Down in your neck of the woods, Ducks skating in a Game 7 tonight against the Edmonton Oilers. Two Game 7s, though, in the Stanley Cup playoffs. The other one in the Eastern Conference. Pens and Capitals in D.C. coming up in less than two hours. Well, that, I mean, like this is the game for Alex Ovechkin, right? Can you finally get past the Penguins? Can they finally get get to the – they have to get to the Eastern Finals and they'd have to get to, the obviously, the Stanley Cup Finals. Like, this is a, a – uh, a uh, career-defining game. Isn't this a mm-hmm. career-defining night for and you're down, Yeah, you're down 3-1 as well, and now you've been able to force the uh, 3-3 tie, and you got it at home. Yeah, yeah who comes not... back from 3-1? Oh, apparently everybody comes back from 3-1. <laughs> hey, uh, Michelob Ultra is starting a promotion this week at the Players' Championship that if Brooks Kepka records a hole-in-one, fans who signed up online will receive 95 cases of beer. The winning prize would be spread out over four years and includes, in all, 2,280 beers the promotion will span the next 10 tournaments for Kepka. So if he records a hole-in-one in one of those 10 tournaments, yes, somebody can win over 95 or win 95 cases of beer. All you have to do is sign up? you got to sign up, and he yes, and he's got to record a hole-in-one, something he's no, never done I, I in tournament I understand that, but like all, all you have to do is sign up? Yes. Like, you don't have to pay any money? Correct. I'm signing up now. Like I, <laughs> yes. We'll end the it's press not, early not, so you can sign up. It's not the champagne of beers, but <laughs> it is ultra, which is low in calories. Like, we could, you know, Ramos could throw down at least 16 of those. That's yes. part of the thing, too, because it's like 95 calories or something yeah, like I that. Yeah, I got it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't really understand the tie there with 95 calories, but... I like, right, you're well, not going to shoot a 95 if you shoot a hole-in-one. I've always said that Mountain Dew should come out with a two-calorie soda called Mountain Deuce, and I don't know why they haven't done it yet. But if they do, you know where you heard it first. Um, like quickly, Carter Wilkinson's tweet, now the most popular ever. He was the Nevada teenager who went uh, asking Wendy's on how many retweets it would take for him to get free chicken nuggets for a year. They said $18 million. Well, he got $3.4 million. That makes it the most popular tweet ever retweeted, even passing Ellen's Oscars tweet. Wendy's is going to give him the uh, the chicken nuggets for a year anyway. But $3.4 million for a guy who wanted chicken nuggets. I'm going to give a little shout-out to Wendy's here. Um, most underrated of the fast food chains with the burgers. That's real meat. I like the square of the deal. I like the mm-hmm. buns. I like everything about it. I'm not huge on your fries, Wendy's, if you could change that. Uh, I've had every one of the burgers. I'm not saying anything negative about any fast food joint because if we want them all to sponsor the show. I will tell you, though, that when people discuss things, they're like, we bring up all these other places. Nobody brings up Wendy's. Wendy's is solid. And 
Wendy's has really, really good chicken. Really good chicken as well. Hey, get out there and press. That was the press. And the Frosty thing. The Frosty's good, too. Frosty can't go wrong with the Frosty. God, I miss my fast food days. It's not. I, I, I confided in music that I'm trying to. I'm, I'm not fat. I'm not. I'm, but I want to get in really, really good shape. Really good shape. Because my wife, is when she comes out, like she's coming out next week. I see her on the weekends flying back and forth. I want her to think, like, that's a good hunking piece of meat right there. You know what I'm saying? When things come out of left field, having a game plan matters. Farmers Insurance has over 89 years of experience helping people play through every stage of the game. We've seen almost everything, so we know how to cover almost everything. Visit Farmers.com. We are Farmers. Wait till you hear what Colin Cowherd had to say about the NBA Finals and how it could determine the future of NBA free agency. That's next. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio, brought to you by True Car. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Go to TrueCar.com. You guys know I'm in the market for a car? I did not know that. I'm in the market for a car. Okay, so the deal in California is if you buy, um, it used to be if you buy a hybrid, but now it has to be like more like an electric car. All electric, you get to drive in the HOV lane. Mostly electric. Right, like mostly electric is like Volt, or that um, that car that Will Smith had in one of his futuristic movies. I can't remember which one it was. He wasn't in Minority Report. I feel like it was Minority Report, but it's not. Anyway, Will Smith was. I think it was one of those movies he drove. The the you know the BMW that's like gas but also electric. Like that one you can drive. Like a Tesla obviously is all electric. So I'm like torn. Like, do I get a nice car? Do I get a sensible car? Do I get a sensible car that's partially electric, or do I get an all-electric car? I don't know. I'll update you on this. I I almost never do the sensible thing. I had a I drove a pickup truck into New York City every day, like fifty miles each way. They're like why? Like because I really like. I had like one of the Chevy Denali pickup trucks. Awesome. I know it's not Chevy. It was a GMC Denali pickup truck. I've owned like every kind of car. I I and I've been lucky. Knockwood have never had like. Ever have had a lemon? I've never had a lemon. Oh yeah. Really? Oh yeah. Huh. I never had. What kind of? Well, you know, don't. I don't want to say what car it is. Yeah, but yeah. Bad. Always in. Always in the show. Uh, it just does weird stuff that cars shouldn't do. Some people say that about you. (laughs) (laughs) Let's find out what the fox said. And now. The idea that what the fox said was we try and find something that somebody said earlier on Fox Sports Radio or sometimes Fox uh, TV that uh, makes you think, and maybe makes you react. Here's what Colin Cowherd had to say about the possibility of the NBA Finals giving us not just a victor, but maybe, maybe a sign of what's to come from free agency. What is the one thing that would keep everybody with their same team? Meaning Gordon Hayward wouldn't leave Utah, and he may. Chris Paul wouldn't leave the Clippers, and he may. Paul George wouldn't leave the Pacers, and he probably will. What will keep them in your town? The Warriors crushing the Cavaliers. The sense they have no chance to beat the Warriors. That Gordon Hayward knows he has no chance to win in Boston either. That Chris Paul knows he can't win in San Antonio either. If the Warriors destroy everybody and they're all still in their prime, why leave? So sometimes dominance is not a terrible thing. It's an interesting theory or maybe hypothesis. We'll see how it plays out if, in fact, the Warriors do win. My guess would be, though, NBA players, 
if if they if winning is more important than money, then they're going to leave anyway. If place where you live is more important than money, then they're going to leave anyway. But here's the thing: like that sounds great, but you mean to tell me if the Warriors win that that's not going to make Carmelo Anthony want to play with Chris Paul in L.A.? It's not. It's not going to change anything. Um, and oh yeah, by the way, Kevin Durant left Oklahoma City to join the Warriors. It would cause maybe somebody else, like a Dwayne Wade, to join the Cavaliers to try and team up. And I, again, it's like a game of topper. Oh, you add him, I'm gonna add him. Uh, I look. I I do think it comes down to how you're wired. If you're willing to put yourself out there, if you're willing to change cities, change jobs. Some people like where they are, don't want to mess with happy, like being a big fish in a little pond regardless of what they say and like making a little more money, which you do when you stay. And some people want the risk. I don't, I, I don't think the outcome of a, a series will determine free agency for an entire league, but we'll see Dana white tomorrow, Jared Dudley tomorrow. Remember Jared Dudley was part of that first Clipper crew under doc rivers. And he got dusted off kind of early. How do you fix the Clippers? We'll ask him. He'll join us tomorrow. Is he joining us tomorrow in studio? He can join us in the studio. He lives in L.A. Why why doesn't he? Uncertain. That's tomorrow on the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. 